Jake did great last week. I was kind of unfortunate, the response. It kind of felt a little robbed, probably, in the message. So hopefully we can continue on. Maybe you took some time this week and, and found rest. That was the message. Great message on rest and worship. And so we're going to continue in the book of Hebrews. We're going into chapter 5 and 6. And so if you haven't read it this week, uh, I encourage you to read 5 and 6. We've been doing these we have a series we do with a, we call it a growth guide. And if you haven't received one of these booklets, they're in the back on the way out. And you're not too late. We're about halfway through the series, so you can jump in. This next week, we'll be looking at Hebrews chapter 7. So today's on 5 and 6. And it was interesting, as we get in it, it really talks about some spiritual maturity. And I don't know if people have ever accused you of not being mature, but there's moments in our time where maybe we're trying to be funny, uh, no one included at all, trying to be funny at times, where maybe we're goofy or pulling a prank or just being obnoxious or, you know, you, someone, you know, you know that just decided they're going to burp the alphabet. And, you know, they get to about X and like, come on, all right, seriously. And what we say after that is, you know, maybe they're 6 or 68 doing that, is like, come on, grow up, okay? Grow up, okay? Can you lean to your neighbor next to just say grow up? Can you say that to him? Just grow up. You, you're like, I don't even know that person. Like, I'm saying this person, I don't know them. And that's how you get to find your new best friend is to just accuse them and tell them to grow up. But uh, the question really is important, too, because in recent years, it seems like I've, I've noticed there's a, been a spiritual immaturity, not just in our, our culture, but specifically in the church. There, there has been incredible resilience of faith. But on the other hand, there's been levels of, of spiritual maturity, and I really think the pandemic has, has exposed that. People's maturity of faith, even greater, led to also fear. Their, their faith kind of dwindled a little bit, and their fear came over them. And, and, and really, at times, we were ourselves, maybe you would say that was, that's been you a little bit. I could say that myself, like, man, I need to grow up sometimes. Like, I allow these certain things to to affect me in such a level. And again, a lot's happened in our world. I get that. But how, it does reveal, doesn't it? A little bit really where we're at. It, it, it shows our, our lack of maturity and how we reacted to problems or challenged by people. It, our our, 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 um, our uh, maturity is shown in, in, in how people have reacted to us and what we've done. It's exposed really a lot of unhealthiness at times. And it's done damage to us and damage to our relationships. So, being spiritually mature and growing is a very important thing. Now, go with me on this thought is, as you have, if you had children, you raised children, you're raising children now, is a child that's in a certain place of development, if they're getting delayed a little bit, responsible parents take care of that. Like, oh, they need a little bit of help and some medical help or some health issues or some developmental in, in, in uh, learning and growing. And, it's, and then they bring that to a doctor or a psychologist or counselor, and people get involved. Like, there's a team of people to help children. I, our, our daughter, Camille, she's a behavioral technician, and she actually goes into homes where children, a lot of them are on the, children on the spectrum, will help them to socialize into the real world and teaching manners and different things she does as play therapy, she does. So, so a child that's in development it needs some help, needs some encouragement to try to kind of help them along is a really, really good thing, right? And we, we, we do a lot of attention. A lot is spent on doing that. But how many, we don't know that we don't really spend a whole lot of development spiritually that way. What we find is that we, we can ignore that a bit. And, and yet, 
growing spiritually is a really important thing. In fact, Barna Research did a, a, a poll of, this is only about 2,000 adults about last fall, and they said three out of four, 74%, say they want to grow spiritually. These are people, not just in the church, people in America that want to grow. And they, and, they, and they even said nearly half are more open to God, about 44, close to 44% are more open to God today than before the pandemic. So 44% of the people in our culture, in our world, if you can think of it that way, almost half, really do want to grow spiritually. Now, what does that mean? What spirituality? Does it mean going to church and doing other things? We, we don't really know for sure on that, but they're open to that. Why? Because this whole thing happened in our world. People are going, man, God, are you out there? I, I, there's got to be more than just what's here. So it creates this great opportunity for us as a church, but we got to grow up. We've got to grow up, and we've got to grow into a place of maturity that we can help present and live out the gospel to people around us. No one wants to come in a place when a bunch of people are being immature. Like, I'm no di- they're no different than me. They, not that we have to figure it all out and get it all dialed in, but there is some, there is some steps we take toward maturity that I want to look at today. And I, I think they're found in the book of Hebrews in 5 and 6. And so you've maybe read through 5 and into 6. At the end of 5... It's interesting. I, I kind of even find it a little humorous. We're going to jump into the text here. It says in this, there's, he says this, the writer. We, again, we don't know who the writer is, but it says this. There's much more we would like to say about this, what he was talking about in the previous chapter that Jake hit last week. But he says, difficult to explain since, it says this, since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. <laughs> I love that in the NLT. I think that's kind of funny, isn't it? Um, if you're the original person receiving that, you're like, ouch. <laughs> you know, are you saying I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, this, I'm dull, you know? Well, look at, look at the NIV. It says this. It says, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because no longer, you're no longer try to understand. You no longer try to understand. So it's not just like an ignorance thing. It's actually a stubbornness thing. It's, it's, it's a laziness. Like you don't really want to know. And, and, and that can be really, wow, that's a challenge, right? And so, so we look at this in, in, in the depth of spiritual maturity. He goes on in verse 12. He says, you have been believers so long. Now, it could be months, it could be years, decade, and we don't know. Now you ought to be teaching others and said you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God. Right there, we're going to talk about marks of maturity. This is a mark of maturity that we're going to come back to in a moment. But you, you might be reading this kind of like, ah, you might feel a little bit of shame, like, man, I've been a, a Christian for a long time, and like, do I know any more than I knew several years ago? Am I really, have I really grown up in my faith. And I, I hope that would be a challenge to you, not a condemnation, but a challenge to you because you might be sitting here today that you're, you're, you're really good at being churched, but are you really growing as a disciple? I'm not saying you're not a disciple, but are you growing as a disciple? You're growing up in your faith, right? Now, what, what happens with church people? You know them. This is not you. It's the other people that weren't here today. Is this, is that it's one year out the other. You know, you listen to it like, oh, that's a great message, and then do nothing during the week. That's, that's where, really where, where people can be sometimes. Disciples are learners. 
And what they learn, as we're going to look at, they share it with others around them. And so if you don't move in that direction, that's where faith becomes boring, where Christianity becomes boring. I mean, you know, Jesus didn't die for us just to, to come and attend church or watch church. We're glad that you're watching this morning. But it, it, it's more than that. Jesus came back, for, came and died and rose again and, and, and empowered the church to be the church, to be this, this dynamic, transforming people, a part of the movement. And so if we don't step into that, we will remain dull, like a butter knife, okay? Not have a whole lot. Maybe spread a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but it's not actually making a difference. And that's because of spiritual maturity. I'm just wondering why, maybe that's why the American church is so weak, and it's witness. Maybe it's why it's not been resilient over the years. Why, why we see people that, that kind of go, I'm not getting what I want, and so I'm going to go to the church down the street, or I'm going to watch such and such, uh, some celebrity pastor online, because he feeds me, or she feeds me. We get caught up in that consumer mindset rather than maturing as Christ. Now, as I push that on you, I'm also feeling convicted as well. I'm convicted as a pastor that there's, there's times maybe I'm working on more inspiring you rather than equipping you. And, and it's, it's happened. And, and not just so you be smarter theologically, but you be more passionate about the mission of Jesus to grow into that place of maturity. That's what Paul says in Ephesians. He says a challenge to, to, to the leaders. If you're a leader in the church, it says this. He gave the, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we, look at this, we all obtain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, womanhood, humanhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. To be raised up to this place of maturity. That's why we're doing the Shape Workshop next Saturday. Remember, it's free, 9 to noon. Sign up in the back. All because to help equip you for the greater work. What? Oh, so that the pastor does all the work or the few people? No, no, no to equip the saints. You're, am I a saint? You know, am, I a, am I, what does it say, the saints for the work? You're like, I don't think I'm a saint. I'm not, well, we know you're not a saint. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're great. What you are is a saint, according to the Bible, though. You know what? Think of yourself that way. I don't have saint, whatever. No, you are. That's, that's the work you are. You're commissioned to do that work. We want to help you to do that. So, so how do you know you're spiritually mature? I thought up until recently, maybe even, to think about that spiritual maturity had to do to be a, a place of, well, independence. The thought of this is that, like, I just got to get to a place where I'm on my own. I don't need any help from anybody. People think that way because you grow up and you move out. By the way, if you're a kid in the room, you will move out. That is your job in life is to move out of your mom and dad's house, okay? They love you. But it's time to move on, okay? And come back and visit. Bring your kids if you got them. Just don't stay a long time, okay? But all that to say is there is a, that's our natural thing to do. It's the same way, but here's something a little different is that it, we think of spirituality that way. Well, I don't need anybody to help me grow in the faith. I just need to read my Bible. I need to pray. And I do it. There, is a there is an independence that comes with that, but we're not called. That's not the, the achievement of spirituality. My fully mature, because I'm, no, that's not at all. It actually is a role even further that we have. And it's this, and I, I, this is our main thought today, is this, the ultimate mark of maturity is not independence, but multiplication. It is the, is the, is, is the multiply. And some of you are like, oh, we already did our job on that, on this earth. Some of you are like, we had our kids. 
And our kids are having kids. I, I get that. And if you don't have natural children, that's not, hey, Bible says be fruitful and multiply. But, it, but when, we, when we look at that, it's a spiritual work as followers of Jesus that we're called to do. You might be not multiplying physically in this life, but if you're a follower of Jesus, we're called to multiply. We're called to be spiritual parents. Jesus even said that in the Great Commission. He says, go, what do he say? Therefore, go and make, which is the word reproduce, disciples of all nations. How? How do we do that? Baptizing them in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And to do what? Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always. Basically, Jesus is saying, I've taught you, now you go teach others what I've taught you. It's very, very simple to do that. That's the work of discipleship that we're all called to do. You have one job. One job. Think about how cl the clarity is great. What are we supposed to do? I don't really, one job to do is to make disciples. And that's, but you, you, have, you, can't, you can't do that until you are one, right? You can't do that until you come to that place of there's this mature level that we find to do that. And, 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 and the writer talks about this here a little bit. He goes on, he says, you have been believers so long, now you ought to teach others. So the, the word teacher here means instructor and, and master, and we're like, I don't know enough theology, I don't know. No, that's not what he's talking about here. It's not an intellectual theological thing. It's actually, it's like the old uh, State Farm commercial, you know, um, we, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Have you heard that before? That, that's, it's the experience that we have, that we offer that as followers of Christ, that, but we're to pass it on to do. So Jesus says you want to be a disciple. It's leaving, yes, it's leaving your own life. It's, it's, it is a sacrifice you do to come follow him, but the, really the ultimate maturity is reproducing yourself into others, that passing on to what we have. And so, so how do we do that? How do we, how do we prepare to, to, to do that? Well, you know, if you, just like you, you study for a test, there's some work and some effort to do that. Some of us have tried back in the day where maybe we took a textbook or we took a, now it's an iPad. You lay on your head and you're like, oh, I've got to memorize this for tomorrow. I'm going to tell you, you can put the page on your head. You've got you to read it. You've got to get it in you. It's not osmosis, right? You actually have to put work in it. And that's what 5 and 6 is really talking about were some marks of maturity. So we're going to go to work here a little bit and talk about what are some marks of maturity that lead to the ultimate mark of maturity, and that is to actually reproduce ourselves and who we are. So the first thought is this, is if you're taking notes, is this, is to start eating solid food. Start eating solid food. And if you've been with kids, you had kids where you know, you know, you give baby food, you know, milk, and then, you know, you know, baby food or whatever, and then you move. And then I remember our son, he, we gave him, we put him on his, his little high chair tray, Cheerios. And you, you had him there, and then you put one in his mouth, and then he learned, like, oh, that's food. And then the goal was for him to pick it up himself and put it in his mouth. And it was, it was, it was like we wanted to do Academy Award that he did it when he wanted, you know, he, he got it, and he got in there, and he's smiling. He's got the toothless grin. There's no teeth yet. And I don't know how he chewed it, but he got it down. And, 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 and we look, and then last summer, you know, fast forward last summer, a few years later, um, he's grilling steaks on the, on the barbecue. I'm like, the kid that, wow, the kid, like, He's not only, like, eating solid meat, you know, eating the meat, he's actually cooking it for us. Like, we've come a long way, right? Now, we, we think of that, of course that happens. But does that happen spiritually? Is it possible still? I mean, this is what he says here, right? 
He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. And then verse, jumping in chapter 6, he says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and, be taken, and, and to be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance for the acts that lead to death and of faith in God. So let me unpack that here a second. So, so how do you grow to move forward? Maturity is, yes, we got the foundation. Jesus Christ and him crucified and rose from the dead and repent of your sins and come to Christ. That's all the gospel message that's there. It's a beautiful thing, and we need to continue to, to live that out. But we all keep going back to repentance, repentance, repentance. Repentance is a lifestyle that we live. But like, I got to get right with Jesus. I got to get right with Jesus. I got to get right with Jesus. It's like getting saved all over again. You can read that in uh, the first, the second through the six verses here that, that he says crucifying Jesus all over again. Like he's crucified once and for all. You don't keep doing it, right? And so we got to move beyond that. Now, maturity is, is growing beyond the basics. It's digging into God's word, digging in God's truth, going to, going to the Passover experience and learning and deepening your faith, understanding what it really truly means, not just on your own, and we've got our growth guides, but we're gathering here and we're going to our groups to really dig deeper in God's word daily. If not, this is what he calls us out. He, the writer says, we're, if we don't do that, we're big babies, Babies. It's, look, it says, you, you're like babies who need milk and cannot so, have solid food. Now, it just seems so condescending, don't you think? But I hope you hear this. He says in verse 13, you're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know to, to do what is, what is right. It's still a person lacking, as we'll talk about here in a moment, discernment. They're still like, what should I do? Where should I go? No, there's a growth and maturity that's, that's there. P Peter says it this way, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that is by, if you may, grow up into salvation, right? Now, go with me in this. I mean, we know that you, you bring a baby home. You don't go, oh, here's the T-bone steak. Here's the grill. Don't burn yourself, okay, if you want to cook it yourself. We don't, we don't do that. Right? We, we nurture this child. We raise this child. You know, this child needs to be fed. needs to be changed. needs to be comforted. That's cute at three months old, but it's not cute at 53 years old. Okay? It isn't. It isn't a, we have to learn. How do we grow up? You know? And, and so let's be honest lately. Are, are you caught up? And this is myself sometimes. Caught up in the petty things. Are you caught up in the, new, the nuances and the nuisance of your life? that you're going, it's not exactly the way I like my Christianity to go. You know, I don't, I don't sometimes we sing these new songs, and I, I kind of want the old ones. Oh, man, the old songs. How about the, you know, my small group dynamics? Oh, we, there's that one couple that's now in our group, and like, it kind of changed our group. I don't know what to do now. Or someone laughed, you're going, man, we really missed that person. There's all these dynamic chains that we're navigating through. You know, the, the, the certain thing or that certain thing, and we, we get caught up in preferences. We go, man, this building is so cold. I'm like, well, just wait till the summer, okay? It will warm up. But my point is this. My point is, it's not the pettiness. It's rising above it and going, what do we need to do? Because once we get to the, because it's not a knowledge thing. It's not us as, as, as getting to, in, in, in maturity that I've, I've arrived at a certain place of understanding. 
Well, Paul warns us of that. He goes, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, right? So we, great, you know a lot of things, but you're now a self-righteous jerk, okay? That's not helpful, right? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about growing, as, as Jesus says over and over, growing in, in the commandment of love that, that we have. Uh, Liz Wiseman, it's a great corporate book. It's really good. She talks about being a multiplier versus being a diminisher. And a diminisher is someone who acts like they're a know-it-all and has all the answers and makes you feel really little or belittles you, and they're kind of life drainers, okay? So don't point fingers, you know. Uh, A multiplier adds value to others, uh, doesn't have to be the expert, expresses curiosity, is a learner, listens, lifts up those who, and they become life givers. Are you a life drainer? Are you a life giver? So we have to think, if we're going to be a multiplier, that's our calling to do, we have to look at what are we doing with our life? Are we willing to grow up? And ultimately, is this a mark of maturity, is seeking discernment as a lifestyle. Because before, what did he say? He says, you know, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how, didn't, doesn't know in verse 13, how to know to do what is right. And, and so we, how do you know what to do is right? We know a lot of things, Right? We can learn a lot if you don't know. I, I mean, I've gotten better at fixing things. You know why? My wife told me about YouTube a few years ago. She goes, why don't you just YouTube it? And so I've learned to fix things. And I don't know, plumbing and electrical together is a little challenge for me. It can be dangerous. But I've fixed stuff. I've learned to be improved, improve on that. But there's certain things you can't Google. There's certain things you can't say, hey, Alexa, you, you can't. And that is wisdom. Wisdom is knowing when to do it. See, spiritual maturity to do that is it's not just hap- it doesn't just happen. It takes deliberate steps to do some intentions of growth. It takes work to grow. And so you and I are responsible for our own spiritual maturity. I'm not responsible. Jake, he's not responsible. Your small group leader is not responsible. Someone else says you are. And I, and, and I hear, listen, I, I recognize that we're all in different places spiritually. So we're talking about growing up. You might be new to the faith. In fact, you're watching this right now, and you're just like, I'm just trying to figure out the Christian thing. We want to help you do that. But there comes a point where we need to move beyond just the basics to really grow and have an understanding for ourselves to do that. And it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort to do that. See, we, we, we think about physical condition. I know it's kind of silly illustration used this before but if you saying man i'm gonna go to the gym and i'm gonna i'm just i'm going that's what i'm committing i'm going to gym five days a week okay not every day i love jim gaffin says i gotta let my muscles breathe a little okay i'm not gonna go every day i'm not gonna be crazy but five days i'm i'm committed to come at 5 a.m i'm gonna get there and imagine you're getting there i mean you're in the full sweatsuit headband you got your jam you got your tunes in you're just and you're you're talking to people meeting people you lay on the bench a little bit you go get a drink of water you talk to more people you might have to use the restroom and you put a full hour in the gym and you feel really good about yourself and you get a donut and a coffee on the way home before you go to work and like i did my workout i know that's silly right you went to the gym but did you actually do anything in the gym come on come on somebody Come on, somebody. You go to church. I went to church. I watched church. Hey, everybody. I watched church. Did I do anything with what I learned? Did I actually work? The Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because it's God who works in you to will and act according to 
his good purpose. So we got to put some effort into it. So we're not going to make progress physically without proactivity, the same way spiritually take responsibility. Now, verse 14, here it is. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves. Can you say those with me? Train themselves. You are responsible for your spiritual growth. You are responsible. You are a primary person to do that. And, that, and that's why the Apostle Paul goes back. He says to his young apprentice, Timothy, he says, if point these things out to brothers and sisters, you, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus. Nourish on the truth of the faith and on the good teaching you followed, because you followed, you've learned, have nothing to do with godless wives or myths and old wives' tales. Translation in our generation is this. Stop spending time on money and gimmicks and quick fixes and the crazy conspiracy teacher teaching that is on YouTube, okay? The wackos, okay, they're out there. Rather what? To rather train yourself to be godly. Train yourself. Not, notice it doesn't say try, right? There is effort, don't get me wrong, but training, training is incremental, it's intentional, it's taking the growth guide. You, you do it, and you're like, man, I kind of like been doing this a lot over these years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rudimentary. It's learning God's word, memorizing, spending time with it, and discussing it. That's where training comes from. It's not running a marathon. Our, our nephew, Ryan, he ran a marathon, you know, a couple weeks ago. And, and you know, it, he, didn't just, he just didn't run it, you know, like, oh, next week's the marathon. I'm going to run. I mean, it's going to show up. Like, he... And, and I asked our, our brother-in-law, you know, my brother-in-law, how did he do? Um, he finished. <laughs> That's the goal of a marathon, right? It doesn't matter where you're placing. It, you know, it could be for some competitive people, but he finished, right? What, but he trained for months. He got hurt, and he had a buddy that quit, and he, he endured through that. See, the word train here, this might get you waking up right now. It means exercise naked. What? I got someone's attention. This is the first time someone's paying attention to this message today. Someone's watching line. They're driving like, what did he just say? Na exercise naked? Uh, literally means to train unhindered. Okay, the Greeks, just so you know, the first Olympics must have been a little embarrassing. Okay, they just ran naked. Okay, that's what they did, the, 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 the track events. It's just a different day. They had that. But if you are going to train doing that, please shut your curtains. Okay, if that's what you're literally going to do. But... What does it say in 12, verse 12, or Hebrews 12? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Living and running unhindered and training unhindered. Getting, clearing the waste. Clear, it's a clear path saying, I'm going to grow. I'm going to make effort and focus on it. And then he says this, 1 Timothy, for physical training of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present and the life to come. That there's training involved. Do the work. It matters. It will pay off. Because where it will pay off? When you're ready. And the moment's notice. When you're all of a sudden you're confronted with a coworker, a boss. You're having a conversation and a confrontation with someone you love, neighbor or friend or whatever. You're going to be spiritually mature enough at a place and react appropriately. You have to be prepared. Hebrews says this. He says, it goes on 14. That's why it says, but solid food is for the mature. It's deeper knowledge of what? Who by constant use have trained themselves to do, Lewis says, to do what? Distinguish good from evil. Then you'll know. Some of you were spiritually mature enough last week going, 
no, that's not quite right. I see the attention, but oh, that's not the way to do that. You recognize that already. What to do? Set people in place of fear, not going, wait, how, how, what, what is right and what is wrong? It might not be as demonstrative as last week, but in your workplace, you'll know what is right. You'll know this conversation is going this way. God will give you that spiritual discernment, but it doesn't happen to the, to the, to the people that are just babes in Jesus. They're, they're growing up in that. Our job is to help them get to that place and to grow in that, but ourselves to know what is good and what is not good. What is good, not, not evil. And then this leads to this di- di- distinguishing mark. It's not just for ourselves, but for others. It's this, serving faithfully is, is where you'll find fulfillment. Serving faithfully is where you find fulfillment. You know, um, we pay for, a, you know, if you go out and for, for a restaurant and, you know, I don't, I don't say I'm cheap or anything, but I've noticed when I go out, like, the more expensive the restaurant, the dimmer the lights. You know why? Because smaller the portions. Have you noticed that? And you get there and you're like, I don't. This is, this is how much for this little thing? And then my wife's like, oh, don't go there. Don't do it. And, 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 you know, and she can say, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better at this. But what I find is this. I can take my customer demands, you know, what high price and what I'm paying, my expectations. I can take it in the church as well. And what happens is if we're not careful, this is where maturity grows, is we grow from, if you're going to grow spiritually, you move from being a customer to being a contributor that you're coming into this place, you're moving into an environment, you're, 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 as a follower of Jesus, it's not about everything that you're receiving, but you're actually, it's all about giving, it's all about contributing. And I think that's going to be a big problem for a lot of people over time, and then they're saying, how, how can I mature more? Well, maturity is, leads to otherness, right? Look at, let's jump 10, because there's a sweet reward when you do that. It's at the end of the day, when we serve, but look at what it says when we get out of it. It says, God is not unjust, he will not forget your work and the love has shown him as you have helped his people continue to help them. That's spiritual parenting that we're called to do. That's where mature people go to move from that, that place, to give financially, to the calling to, to, to do that, saying, I'm going to take my finances, not my finances, I'm going to take a portion, I'm going to give it away. Not only give to the church, but give what we do locally and serving in the ministries we have. And then globally, from, from Mexico to Malawi. You know, they had a big typhoon in Malawi. And I love Hands of Hope. We, we're a part of a ministry that helps support and send some clothes over there. Or other resources throughout the year that we get to be a part of. Now you're going, okay, I want to serve. Where, where do I go? I want to invite you to fill out one of these connection cards today. This might be your day to do that. And just mark on it, I want to serve. And we'll find a place. Come to the Shape Workshop this week. And it will help you do that. But what is God speaking you to do? Just to respond. Because here's, here's a final mark. We're almost done here. Is to steady in hope of what is promised. To steady in hope what is promised. This is an important mark of maturity. I so deeply appreciate everyone through COVID sticking here, sticking with it, getting through it. And, and you know, so many people bailed and all this thing's happening. And like, no, we're faithful to the Lord and faithful to what God is doing. And now we have this opportunity. We have opportunity more than ever before to move into greater things what God has for us. And I think we're just on the brink of it. I think we're on the edge. It's almost like Peter on the edge of the boat. Like if we would just next take that next step. That's really what we're talking about today to step out in faith to do that. And here's what happens when we do that. I love how the Hebrew writer really says, you guys have stuck with it, you persevered, and they went through massive persecution. And this is what it says. He says, we want each of you to show 
the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. He's saying, hey, people have gone before you. They paid the, the ultimate price. Now it's your turn. Now it's your opportunity. Listen, you're holding on to this hope that's there. Even if you're struggling, even if you're working through it, guess what? There's opportunity that's ahead. Why? Because we're people of hope. We're people of hope. We're, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. That is the hope. That's the resurrected hope that we get to experience again and again and again and inviting people to do that as well. That's the work that we have. I invite our team to come as we close. And I have this one question. Who are you investing in? I want you to spend a moment here in prayer as we wrap up. Who are you investing in? Some of you have Experience and I love there's a there's a ladies group getting together this week starting a quad and quad is finding three kind of finding your Peter James and John and yourself the four of you and it could be five you know small little group of discipleship group and it's a season that we do these and over and over we've done these and what happens what's beautiful about it is not just a Bible study but what it is is a catalyst that will going oh I'm doing this eight weeks or twenty weeks what depends on which one you're doing. And, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to pass this on to others. It's a commitment to, to multiplication. You might, be, might not be ready for doing any of that, or you might be going, who can I invest in this? Like, who can I help disciple or move toward discipleship this week? It might be a coworker. It might be a neighbor. It might be someone just to help them take some steps this week. Now, I know the pushback is this. I'm not mature enough. Oh, no, you are. If it, it, what, did, what did Hebrews say? Hey, you've been at this long enough. Now, what does that mean long enough? Like, if you're, it's, it's been a Christian five minutes, we want to help you grow in your faith. But some of you have been it for a long time. Have you reproduced yourself? Again, not shame towards you, but who are you constantly investing in and building relationships with? Remember, the mark of maturity is not independence, but it is multiplication. To be a multiplier this week. If anything, be a multiplier. Be a person that gives life. When you walk into a room, and you're with a group of people, and then you leave, and the meeting breaks up, and people are like, man, I really feel better about myself. I was challenged, not, not the wrong getting challenged, but I feel like I've, I've got some energy again, rather than being drained. We all know those people that drain us. Let's be life givers. Let's be multipliers. Let's ask the Lord to help us. And as we do know this, you cannot do it alone. We need the Lord who did it already for us as we go to prayer. I want to close with this, and we will pray here. End of Hebrews, the very end of Hebrews 6. It'll so tie in for next week. It's this. So we have this hope, an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, to enter in the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You're like, who is Mel who? What? We'll get to that next week. But don't miss this. An anchor for our soul. That's Jesus, the forerunner that does it already. He's just saying, I've done it already. Follow my lead. But look behind you. Who's coming with you? Who we got with us? That's where it starts. Movement together. We'll start with our heart here today. Will you bow in prayer? Man, there's a lot, Lord. That's a lot. For some here, it might feel like a just a fire hydrant. Lord, what is it? Lord, what is it? Lord, what are you speaking to me? 
Lord, how can I, how can I grow maturity? Lord, what's a step I need to take? I keep trying, but Lord, I need to train. What's my next step, Lord? Will you give me discernment? Will you give me help? Will you give me the courage, Lord? Because you probably already told me. I heard it again today, Lord, what to do. It's not a hundred steps, it's the next step. It's a marathon, Lord, to run. Run for you to grow and develop as a mature follower of you. So we're following your footsteps, Lord. You, you came as a forerunner. You came to provide a way. You went to the Holy of Holies. As that great high priest we'll get to next week and talk about what you really truly did. So now you create this pathway to follow you as a disciple. But Lord, who's behind us? Who's, who's around, who, who can we encourage in following, Lord? Who, who is it that we can invest in this week, Lord? Is it a child that we're raising? Is it a, is, it, is it a parent that we're still caring for, that encouraging them toward faith? Is it a co-worker? Is it a husband or wife? Or who, who, neighbor, whoever, friend, whoever it might be, Lord, will you continue to allow us to invest in them? to be a multiplier, Lord. There's too much condemnation. The Bible says that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We live according to your spirit, Lord, and you guys. So I pray that over everybody here today. And I, Lord, if there's some babes in Christ, they're new in their faith, thank you for them. If there's some yet to be followers of you, Lord, will you just take this today and they would just say yes to you and what you have for them in this next step that we encourage each other to grow up in maturity, we pray. We need your help to do that, Lord, this week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I invite you to stand as we close today, and as we do each week, this is an opportunity for response. We got nothing going on after this. Honestly, if you, you need some prayer after the service, our team is here to do that. But let's close on this right side. I think this is a great song as we close an old one. Where, hey, Lord, what is it you want me to step out with you? What are you speaking to me that I will be committing to you to do this week? Have a great week.